Pat McAfee. How's it going, man? Life is good. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to chit-chat about Fourth Down. I've listened to the Fourth Down experience before. I've heard a couple conversations. I like what you guys are doing. I'm excited to be a guest here. This is awesome. You and Gary Vee were probably our two biggest influences just to give us confidence to go forward with the special teams podcast. So thanks for everything, actually. No problem. That's a real honor for you to say that. I appreciate it. Uh, I think my approach to the game is something that people could enjoy, so I thank you for doing that. And me and Gary V, uh, being in the same sentence is truly a beautiful thing. I like that guy a lot. Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champion, nine-year pro kicking coach, rep in the South, Coach Brian Jackson. Welcome to the Fourth Down Experience podcast. I'm Brian Jackson. Chris Rippey Hughesby with me. Chris, how are you, sir? Hey, Brian, I'm doing well today. Uh, we are excited about our podcast interview. Uh, this guy's broken some records here in the CFL, and uh, we've kind of developed a little trend here, Brian, of interviewing guys when they're sort of the hot name in the industry. So it's, it's exciting to have this guy on. So, Absolutely. I was fortunate enough to get a response pretty quickly through the direct message outlet on Instagram. Uh, Lewis Ward, welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. How you doing, Lewis? Lewis I'm doing well, first, thank you. Yeah, Lewis is our first Canadian-born picker on the podcast, so we're pretty stoked about that. Cool. So, guys, uh, 4D Nation, Lewis just broke a record. He is the outright field goal kicker with the most consecutive field goals in the CFL, along with some other records, but the one that really went viral, especially in Canada, and it did go viral a little bit here in America as well, is he has now hit made consecutively 40 field goals this season and aren't you a rookie this year Lewis yes I am this is my first year in the CFL I mean just the thought of kicking 40 field goals in one season like talk about that a little bit uh I mean yeah so, I mean it's a lot of field goals um coming from you know a university uh university season of eight regular season games where you might get 20 20 25 um so kicking 40, well, 40 in a row, but then I think we're at 44, I think, or 40, 43 attempts. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely a longer season, but uh, it makes things pretty interesting. You know, what's interesting, Lewis, is looking at the standings, you guys are in first place in the East Division. Rare, at least in you know NFL or American football standards, that a first-place team gets as many field goals as they do. Usually it's touchdowns that win them games. I, you know, what's it been like for you to just kick so many field goals? Oh, I mean, it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, like like I said, everyone, uh, the most important part is obviously winning football games. And, you know, the next important part is me contributing um, and doing my part to help us win football games. You know, like there's been a couple games there where, you know, I've, I've been asked to kick quite a few. I've had two games now going... Uh, seven for seven, uh, and then wow. one I was the only I was the only player on the Red Blacks to score that game. We ended up winning the game, so uh, you know I'm the biggest thing is just contributing to the team wins and uh, making sure that I'm doing my part. So talk about um, 
obviously the success that you're having, uh, a lot of it comes from the snapper and holder, of course, and it, and it really looks like you and Richie Leon have a great relationship. Talk about that relationship and, and how those guys have helped you. Yeah, I mean, I met Richie um, in our in our mini camp this year. Um, he was around, and there was a couple other kickers that came in, and um, you know, he's he's a he's a pretty funny guy. He's very talkative, you know, so we got along pretty well. Um, and then you know, we came, and then we well, then we left, and then we came back for uh, for rookie camp, and then we came back for main camp, and um, over the time, we've kind of developed a relationship and. Uh, since day one, we kind of knew that uh, we needed each other to kind of make the team, you know, with his, uh, he's clearly, you know, the, one of the best punters around, and uh, I was trying to prove myself as one of the best Google kickers around, so our relationship has grown um, quite a lot now, and he's he's been amazing with how professional he's been uh, towards holding, and, you know, when we have a second-year long snapper, too, and he's been, he's been great all year, you know, Um so we just work. We just work really well as a as a group, as a unit, and you know we take it pretty seriously every day. We come into work, and you know we're on the sideline working on things, working on snaps, holds, uh, timing, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, we we all three of us have a great relationship, and so far it's working out real well. So, Lewis, you know a lot of guys. You know, typically maybe one rookie per year it happens to, but I mean you went from being a rookie to having almost stardom, you know, I mean, you're breaking these records. I'm sure you're getting a lot of attention in the CFL. What's it like to just be in the spotlight, people following a record, people following you almost breaking a record? What's it like? And then how do you handle that, like, internally in terms of keeping focus, you know, during the season? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty special to be at this point. Um, but coming into the league... Um, I expected that, you know, once I got my opportunity that I would do well and the Red Blacks would give me an opportunity to do well, but to handle it all, I mean, I'm not someone that's, um, uh, you know, I would consider myself pretty humble. I don't, I don't go posting lots of things all over the place and, uh, you know, I, I appreciate, you know, I'll say thank you to nearly everybody that's reached out to me and said, you know, congratulations, um, so, you know, I, I stay pretty level-headed, and I appreciate all the support and all the thanks that everyone's given me, and you know, it, makes, it makes me feel pretty special, but, you know, we got to move on to the next day, and I realize that I've come I've come pretty far so far, but uh, we still have a lot of work to do, and we've still got four games left of the season, plus playoffs, and, um, you know, i got to help, uh, help us win football games, and uh, that's pretty much the most important part. So that kind of helps level me a little bit, knowing that, you know, obviously the team comes first, and that's that's my main priority. Yeah, and I'm checking out your Instagram right now. So, guys, uh, for those that are still listening with us, make sure to follow Lewis on Instagram. It's L E W Y W A R D seventeen. Um, you wear the number ten. Any significance of that number, Lewis? Uh, no, I mean I had uh, I was seventeen all throughout university. They just gave me seventeen. Uh, you know, I'm not super picky about numbers, stuff like that. They just gave it to me. I said, yeah, but that's fine. Um, nice. and I was given I was given 73 in camp in Red Blocks this year. And <laughs> at the end of camp, when, you know, they made they made their final cut. So I was told, you know, uh, by by a few people, you know, they, they don't kind of show us how much, you know, they might think about you by giving you that number as a kicker coming into camp. So it was kind of funny. Um, 
but you know, and then after you know when, I, when we made the team, I had, I had a couple options, and uh, you know, ten was the best one. There's no significance or anything to it. I just, I kind of just saw it, and it just kind of felt like that was the right one. Did uh, Lewis? Did you have a soccer background? Uh, soccer background? Oh, soccer background. Yeah, or, or football, uh, I guess, and international champion. Yeah. In, Can- in Canada, do y'all, do y'all call it soccer or football? Yeah, actually. Um, I grew up. Uh, I grew up in England for my okay. first until I was about eleven. Um, so I played a lot of a pretty high level there, and then and then when I moved to Canada, I continued to play at a very high level. Uh, before university, uh, I was considering playing soccer at the uh, trying to be play soccer at the next level. Um, but I got accepted to the University of Ottawa. They didn't have a varsity soccer team or anything like that, so that kind of. Uh, that kind of shut that part down, and uh, so I, I emailed the coach and said, "Hey, like you know, I play a little bit of receiver. I'm a kicker as well." Um, and they, they were the only school that actually got back to me uh, about playing football. So uh, I was kind of fortunate that I, I got accepted to go to school there, and that you know I was accepted as a walk on there for, and I was able to. I, I redshirted my first two years, helped out with film stuff like that, and I was able to learn from the guys ahead of me and then when it was my time I think it really helped me um, you know to have a little bit of experience and maturity moving forward so Lewis I'm curious here so when did you actually start kicking a football um, I think I started I think I started in about grade 8 uh, when we first moved to Canada uh, I had a couple friends they said hey you know like, we, you know, we played at the park and um, you know I kicked it a couple of times we had like a it's like a pre-high school kind of league it's like a uh, for younger kids and like I you know they said can anybody kick and I was like yeah I, I, can, I can kick a soccer ball pretty well so we'll try this and then they were the same coaches that I had for grade 9 and 10 in high school and um, you know, that's, that's kind of where it took off they were super surprised um, even when I was in my first two years of high school they wanted me to kick at the senior level but uh, those coaches those coaches weren't going to let me uh, bump up so uh, and, that, and that's kind of where it kind of took off from there wow. nice so going from you know playing football is what they call it in England and everywhere else other than America and <laughs> you know going to Canada still playing football which again guys that's soccer to us but I'm um, now playing Canadian football American football um, what was it like kicking that that shape of the ball with the two lines for us like as Americans down here and even talking with Ty Long on the previous podcast it just it seems so odd to see the two white stripes is that something that you guys have at the university level like growing up like growing up playing football kicking football um at the CFL level and all that like are all the footballs up there with the white stripes all around it yeah yeah they do uh it's funny you say that I never actually never actually even thought about that, whether it has a, maybe a, a slight difference, you know, in, you know, when looking at it or anything like that. But yeah, I know we all had the, the stripes on there. So to see like um, Lewis and hopefully you get a chance, I mean, you're, dude, 40 straight field goals. I mean, someone's got to take a look at you, man. Now that there's a lot of guys that kick off and punt in the NFL and there's a lot of just field goal only guys, you may, you know, at some point you're maybe in the off season or something, start kicking the NFL ball and get used to It'll probably be easy for you. I don't know, but I mean, just for me personally, you know, I asked Ty Ty Long about it, and he just said it took took a few days to see the white stripes. But 
Um, I mean, have you ever considered uh, possibly going to the NFL? Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's almost that, that's a big dream, of course. Um, but you know, CFL is the first stepping stone, and you know, I don't like to think too too far ahead. It's you know, if there's a lot, of, if there's options out there, obviously, I'm going to consider them. Um, but you know, as, as a rookie in the CFL and um, seeing how this goes, you know, that that's kind of the main focus. But uh, um, you know, I mean, obviously whatever options kind of fall in front of me, I'm, I'm going to absolutely consider them. But, but yeah, also too, like, uh, with, with the ball, and I think the shape of the ball might be slightly different. I don't know much, but, um, but yeah, I don't think it would take too long to, to have the adjustment there. I mean, I'd say I'm a pretty athletic guy, and obviously kicking, kicking a soccer ball for many years, it's just a slight adjustment. And yeah, like Ty said, it'd probably take, probably take a little bit, a couple, maybe a week, a couple weeks or so, just getting used to the difference. So, Lewis got a few questions, and this is kind of on behalf of the listeners who may not know a lot about just Canadian football and how the CFL works and things like that. As a kicker, you know, how, how do contracts work? Are you are, are you signed with the Red Blacks for a number of years, or is it year by year? How does it kind of work for you as a rookie? Yeah, so for me as a rookie, I've signed, um, you know, my knowledge on it, is that, you know, I signed a, a one-year, so your first year in, in, your first contract in the CFL, I believe, is a, it's a uh, it's a one year or two year, but then you have an option. So I believe the club has the option to you know kind of decide what they want to do, whether to resign you or you know let you go. I mean, I'm not I'm not super sure on you know, the logistics of things, kind of like that. That's just my knowledge is that you know I, I got signed for for my my one year, and then um, when this contract's done, then there's an option. So we have to. We'll see what the option is and what the club decides at the end of the year, and we'll go from there. What's your longest uh, field goal this year in the CFL? Uh, this year, I think it's uh, 47, 47 or, or 48, somewhere around that. I've hit, I've hit quite a few um, in that you know that 40 to 47 range. Cool. I know that um, there's actually a lot of people in America, uh, kickers and punters, when I have discussions with them about the CFL, they're not aware about using a T or a block. You know, some, yeah. some of them call it block down here and all that. Um, and, and actually, if, you know, if, if I ever, you know, I'm 33, you're in your mid-20s, if I ever was like, hey, I really want to just make one more shot. I played in the arena leagues for nine years. Let me just see if I can go play in the CFL. I'd probably take advantage of a half-inch or a one-inch. Um, growing up in England and then Canada and going through the university route in Canada, um, what do you do? What do you think is an advantage as a place kicker in the CFL with the tee or the ground? Um, I mean, I think, uh, like teaching, I mean, it depends on, you know, when I, when I, when I go to the university, I help out the new kids, stuff like that. Like some guys come from different backgrounds. Um, some kids are able, you know, throughout high school, they'll go down to the States and they'll, they'll train with a few camps or coaches or whoever, or, um, or, you know, people have grown up like on the tee. So, uh, so in high school, in my first couple years of university, uh, when I was redshirt, I was off the ground, um, and then I just kind of made made the transition. Um, it was just kind of the coach of the university said, you know, we'll, we'll try it. Um, and ever since, it's kind of taken off. Uh, I'm, I, I think, I mean, I, I mess around with off the ground every now and again, stuff like that. Um, but like I said, it all depends on the player, you know, and what what you're comfortable with. Um, People say there's a bit of an advantage. There might be. Um, I have a, a few different views of like kicking off the ground kind of thing. I feel like 
feel like you can you can create like I, I like to call it like, you know um, related to a bit of golf I think you know if you're off the ground I think you can get over top and compress the ball a little more whereas kicking off the tee you know using using a little bit more quad as opposed to groin and slightly different foot position so for some people you might have an advantage um, mine's not a full full uh, inch tee it's actually a little bit shorter but it's not a half inch it's a very warm um, one inch tee uh, but it depends on, you know, your preference and, and your ball striking and stuff like that. You know, my personal thing is uh, to get that great rotation, that good contact and that great rotation. I think that's the most important part. So um, it, it, I think for younger kids, it might be a good idea to start off a tee and then kind of work your way into it. But I think it's all preference once you get to a certain level. Hey, what's up, 4D Nation? This podcast has been brought to you by NKR, the National Kicking Rankings Platform. It's the new and innovative national evaluation and rankings platform for kickers, punters, and snappers. Launched in 2017, this camp offers you a great balance of athletic evaluation and instruction. You'll get honest feedback and rankings, exposure to college coaches, but this camp is brought to you by credible coaches with experience that will deliver a high-quality and detailed instruction to you. NKR offers an active social media platform that will give you proper exposure to all the collegiate outlets. This camp was developed by Brian Jackson, Chris Hughesby, and Tom Feely using a proven camp format from the last seven to eight years that specialists have come to love. Many of the specialists have received opportunities to play at all collegiate levels, including Power 5 conferences. If you'd like to attend an upcoming camp this offseason, visit www.nationalkickingrankings.com and check out the camps page. Or follow us on social media on Twitter at NKR underscore camps. That's NKR underscore camps or on Instagram at National Kicking Rankings to learn more about us and follow our growth. Come see what all the hype is all about and check out NationalKickingRankings.com. So I'm curious here, Lewis, going from Canadian football at the college level to the CFL, was there any transitional changes besides, like you said, you, you kind of have this sort of warm half inch to one inch T? I mean, was there any big changes? in terms of how you played at the collegiate level to CFL level? And how did you sort of adjust um, to those changes? Yeah, I mean, there's a few differences, obviously. Uh, you know, my kicking coach at the university always said, you know, when, when you get to that level, it almost gets easier. You know, you've got your pro snapping, your pro holding, your pro operations. Your, um, everything is so detailed uh, that, that actually it almost makes it easier. Uh, my last year at university, I went through three holders. My... My, the year before, I went through three long snappers, and um, you know it, it makes a bit of a difference. But um, I'd say that at the pro level, everyone has the same mindset. So, being at college, university, there's only a couple guys in the locker room that you know for a certain amount of time have that pro um, those aspirations of going pro, and they have that pro mindset, and that's what they want. So sometimes it can be a little frustrating when people don't take it you know, in that way, but football at the university level isn't something that everyone wants to make a career out of. Whereas at the uh, CFL level, obviously, you know, it's it's where it's, it's people's jobs, and that's what I think I enjoy the most about, is everyone has the same mentality as I do, and, you know, I share the same mentality as everybody else, that this is a job, and, you know, we're here to compete. So, hey, let's, uh, let's talk about uh, these records. Chris here... He's done a really fantastic job that he does in every podcast where he compiles a great uh, 
list of items of research. And Chris, you may have to help me here, or you may have to facilitate this, but let's talk about the records. I thought it was just uh, uh, one record of 40 field goals consecutive, but are there some other records that I didn't do any research on that you found? <laughs> yeah, so a few a few records that I found, and, and Lewis, I guess you have to correct us too on this, is so you've had two games of seven field goals or more, uh, or I'm sorry, wow. just seven yeah. field goals. Um, you broke the record for most consecutive field goals for a rookie with 22, is that right? Obviously now 40. Uh, yeah. um, oh, I remember Luca, Con- is it Kanji? I remember that name in the past. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, cool. Tell, you know, tell us a little bit more about some of the records. Obviously you probably own every record for the Red Bla- or yeah, the Red Blacks. What, um, what other records are you aware of that you know that you have? Uh, so what I know right now, um, I think it was the rookie consecutive um, field goals, and then obviously now like the all-time consecutive field goals, um, and then I think it's it's the most consecutive in one season. So I think uh, Renee out in, in Calgary had um, he had a certain number, and then uh, he finished his his record off the next season. Um, so I think I passed that record with the most consecutive field goals in one season. Uh, those those are the ones I ones I know about. Um, I have another ball here too that I mean I, I, it's uh, it's one of my from a couple of weeks ago against Edmonton. I went seven for seven. Uh, that was the second time this year I've done that. Um, but that's I'm awesome. not, I'm, I, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not I'm, I'm not someone that goes looking through the record books and see where I'm at stuff like that. So. It just kind of, you know, some of the, the rookie record, it came on at the end of the game and, you know, on the Jumbotron, I had no idea. Um, I had no idea that I was even, you know, close or had an idea of what that were, that was even a thing, you know. So, um, but it, you know, I'm pretty appreciative of as they come kind of thing, but not something that motivates me is to, to go finding things and try and break them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was so cool seeing Richie uh, run down there like he was covering a kickoff. <laughs> To get yeah. the football, and, and that's just like it just that just showed like how much not only he but your teammates and coaches have respect for you because you guys were down, uh, you guys were down in that game, and it was like a huge celebration. So it just it's pretty cool to see the respect for you and the kicking game. Um, here's a question because Adam Vinatieri when he when he broke the record for consecutive field goals, he had made a quote about it. Yeah, you know, people had asked him like. Does it seem like it's more pressure now because you, you don't want to break it? And he had responded like, "No, actually, it seems like the goalposts are getting wider as I get out there. Like you're just so in the zone of making all these kicks." And I could I could relate to that. I could, I could see that because I made um, a, like nine in a row on arena uprights when I was playing in arena two back in '09. And it just seems like they do get a little wider. Like, what's your mental mindset going out there? Obviously, you're not worried about the consecutive thing, but like. Do, do, do the goalposts look wider to you? Like, does it seem a little easier? Um, I mean, obviously, I would, I would agree with that. You know, where he said, you know, they, they do seem a little wider. Um, from my perspective, I'm not sure if it's so much that they seem wider that, you know, I'm just, I'm hitting the ball really well and I'm hitting the ball straight. And, uh, you know, I just, I just have just the, just so much confidence that I know that when I get out there, I'm going to do the right thing. And, you know, the ball's going to go straight. And I know that you know, I'm going to do everything right. Ball's going to go straight. Ball's going to go through. There's nothing There's nothing really that will change that, you know. So 
Um, for sure. And then, you know, in regards to now the record's done, I think it's actually um, more relieving. You know, you've accomplished it, and now it's just it's just kind of me up there. And uh, and, and I, going into that last game, you know, I think I thought about it a lot more than what I what I'd anticipated. I didn't think I was going to think about it as much uh, pre-game and stuff like that. Once you're in the game, I didn't think about it much, but um, I thought I was going to handle it. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be on my mind as much leading up to the game, but I think now actually it's kind of like a sigh of relief that you know you're. I was able to do that, and now I'm just able to just to focus on myself and our team and and you know win football games. Lewis, your comment there basically led me into my next question, and you quasi answered half of it. But um, we all know as specialists, you know, eighty to ninety percent of just kicking is mental. Um, you know what's your what as you're going through this and you you're hearing news reports about you inching closer to the record and and maybe there were possibly things jumping up on the jumbotron that you're getting close to breaking this record and all this stuff. What was your mindset like for focusing in game? I mean, you kind of talked about it there, but let's just say you're as you were lining up for that that kick to get the 40th consecutive kick. Did it jump in your mind at all, or did did you just take it as like it's a normal kick? Like, how did you handle that type of stuff? Um, I mean, going going into the game, you know, I had a I had a pretty good warm up. The weather was significant. It's changing now. It's getting a lot colder, so warm up's a little different. And you got to make sure that uh, you know you really do stay focused on hitting the ball well in in certain weather conditions. Um, but after the first one, I was like, okay, um, you know, it just just kind of felt like another one. And then going out for my second one didn't really click until afterwards I came off to the sideline and, and uh, you know, I was, I was over by the kicking net and I just, I, I thought to myself, I was like, oh, okay, that's, that tied the record. You know, that, it kind of clicked there and then, and then it, it didn't really, and then I was like, okay, that tied it. So that means the next one breaks it. I didn't really think about that until, you know, I, I had a quick moment there, but then when we were, I think the, the two field goals there back to back happened pretty quick. We had a we had a field goal, and then we uh, then we had another quick turnover, and then we had another field goal. So I didn't really get to uh, think about it too much, which, which might have been a good thing. But but afterwards, it kind of I kind of realized, you know, wow, okay, like it's kind of done. But I still don't think it's truly sunken in yet. But it's uh, it's, it's it's been a lot of fun to be able to do that. So one thing. Uh Lewis, that, that I like doing this podcast on is depending on the size of the kicker that we talk to, I can relate to a good per, small percentage of them. And you, you see more of the shorter type, stocky guy. Um, not, not real stocky, just a shorter guy. And, and I like that because I'm 5'6", and I was able to show to younger kickers that, hey, I can get a scholarship playing football at Ball State and be in the Bears rookie camp and go play nine years in the arena leagues. And it doesn't matter if you're 5'6", five, 5'7". And I like that, you know, you're a shorter guy and you're you're uh, crushing the ball at the highest level and, and there may be some kind of perception that, man, he may not be able to kick it past 45 yards. I beg to differ on that. You know, I've seen plenty of your kicks this season. Love watching the, the CFL social media feeds and, and the Red Blacks feed. Um, and and you, you have plenty of distance. And I want you to be humble. On, I mean, or I want you to be honest on this. I know you're a very humbled guy, but I want you to be honest. You know, with no wins... You know, and, and the, the leg is feeling live. Like, what do you feel like you could do in a game? Um, what's the farthest you feel like you can do with a live snap hole? 
Um, I think uh, you know if we've got a nice a nice dead air kind of day, and obviously I think I personally think the game balls travel a little fa- a little further, and obviously you get your adrenaline going when you're in game and not picking old. I personally find that I will get more distance off a of full operation than just hitting it off the you know having it pinned. Um, so I'd say you know the uh, the high fifties, um, especially at this time of the season, uh, you know that mid to high fifties. But uh, you know even when I've been I've been in you know, earlier in the season when it's been a little warmer out. You know, I've been I've been close to that sixty range, and if I've got a slight breeze, I can I can even push that a little bit. So the distance I'd say was isn't a isn't a huge thing for me either. You know, I, I don't have the craziest leg around, but um, that's I wouldn't say that's my strength. But I have I do have um, a pretty strong leg, but and then consistency along with that that's a, that's a pretty good combo. So uh, are you five eight, five seven, five six? What's your height? I'm, I'm about five seven. Uh, nice. Right now, I'm about one high one seventies, about one one eighty, close to that. Nice. So what's kind of funny about being a short short guy, considered you know uh, around football players? Uh, do you have any like interesting or funny nicknames amongst like linemen or teammates? Uh, no, no, actually, no, not really. Okay. Uh, All right. Cool. So everyone keeps it. Got there. So everyone kind of kind of keeps it pretty professional, and that's cool yeah, too. Yeah. I, you know, you never know, like. Just depends, I guess. Um, but I mean, like it got to the point where, for me personally, I almost felt like I wasn't five six. I almost felt like I wasn't a personal level with these guys. That sometimes I almost felt like I was six foot. You know, being around these guys and the size and height didn't matter. But um, well, one thing that's been nice in the NFL is guys like Cairo Santos, and even uh, back when when Chris and I were trying for the free agent route and we were doing our thing, guys like uh, Martin Gramatica. And even Vinatieri is five eleven. You know, there's shorter kickers that are still showing the way. Like when you're around other kickers that may be shorter, like do you think that um, you're you have a positive influence showing that like it doesn't matter if you're six four or five six or whatever? Oh no, absolutely. I don't think, especially in you know our game, uh, you know our position. I don't think it has a huge influence. Um, I mean, obviously to a certain degree it might. You know, especially when you get you know you. Your six foot two twenty five punters, you know, that can that can crush it. But you know, I've I've come across guys that I step onto the field that can that can absolutely smash the ball, but they might miss a you know thirty five yard field goal. Well, you know, in my eyes, at a professional level or even at the, the university level, you know, if you're a higher higher end guy, like you can't you know you can't afford to miss that kick. You know, your team your team needs you to do that. So you know, for guys out there. Um, you know, I've had a lot of people over the last you know, uh, couple of weeks say, um, especially coaches and people that know me pretty personally, that you know the hard work pays off. Um, they, you know, some of the guys said that, especially in university, that I was I was the hardest working player on the team. That's not, you know, I'm like my coach has always said, you know, just because you're a kicker, it doesn't that you know you can show everyone, you can lead the way and. That's what I've kind of done. You know, I lead by example. And, you know, my biggest thing, too, is um, I didn't get drafted. You know, I was almost, I was pretty much kind of a walk-on uh, for the Red Blacks also. Um, so, you know, I, I tell guys, just because it doesn't happen, like when you want it to happen, doesn't mean it won't happen at all. You know, you can, you've got to keep pushing and keep motivating. You've got to keep working hard at it to get to where you want to be. So I, I, I don't think, uh, you know, especially being, you know, smaller guy size has nothing to do with it really it's all about your consistency and how much you're willing to work for it 
So, Lewis, looks like you've been kicking for about six or seven years now. Uh, as you got into kicking and, and sort of started dedicating towards it, did you have any kickers that you looked up to or you watched their film and tried to study? You know, Or did you just sort of kick for fun and it, it just grew from there? Yeah, I mean, I would say I, I just kicked for fun and it kind of grew from there. Uh, throughout the university, there's I have a couple clips of, you know, that my, my coach would say of, from the NFL guys. Um you know, this is what we want to kind of be, this is what we want to look at, you know, this is, like, this is how we, we want our follow-through, and this is how we want to get down our target line, and, you know, you don't want to be stuck on your plant foot and kind of, you know, falling away from the ball, and it's not so much, um, it's not so much like modeling yourself up to someone else, because I, I you know, being, being myself and uh, being a shorter guy, and there's a lot of different things, and everyone's got a little technique here and there, but um, it's more so I was always kind of taught that to, to make the kick the most consistent, there's certain things you got to look at. And, uh, you know, there's different parts of different kickers and different kicks around that, that I kind of, you know, you know, this is how I want the follow through. And this is how, you know, keeping this shoulder in this position and, uh, and stuff like that. So no, I wouldn't say I've modeled myself any after anybody else, but, uh, I, I do, I do look at a, a few different things. So here's a token question we ask uh, all of our guests, uh, Lewis, is, and we, we understand you'll probably say it was the Red Black State and would be number one, which is totally cool. And I've, I've actually been there, got to be there, got to go there last year um, just to, to do like a vlog for the social media team with, with my son and family and all that. The place was awesome. But um, throughout the season now, because your guys are getting close to postseason, like pretty close, um, what are your like top three stadiums in the CFL? Uh, and obviously, if, if the Red Blacks is number one, like maybe give three others, and maybe kind of just talk about the the stadiums because there's a lot of viewers that are from America here that may not know anything about the teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I haven't been to Edmonton yet, so going this year or this week actually, we go we go this week to Edmonton. Um, I've heard that stadium's pretty big and it, it's nice, it's a little older, but I think obviously, like point at the Red Blacks is a newer stadium. It's it's very nice. Um, behind those, though, I would say the two, the two that I've enjoyed the most, I think, was probably both Winnipeg and Saskatchewan. So, um, Saskatchewan, I think it's all it's a it's a newer stadium. It feels like the crowd is, you know, they they had it packed packed house. Their introduction, you know, how they did it was was uh, was crazy. Actually, it was it was a lot of fun to play there. Uh, the atmosphere was hostile, uh, I, and you know, I, I, I get, I think I get a little something off that, you know, going away and uh, the crowd being hostile, being loud, and both those stadiums felt like, um, you know, the stadium kind of was right on top of the field, and it really felt like the fans were were uh, right there on top of you, and it was it was a crazy atmosphere. So I think Winnipeg and Saskatchewan were both the two two stadiums that I've enjoyed um, besides playing here in Ottawa. I noticed um, kicking towards that condo facility uh, at your home facility that you play out, especially on that right hash. That's a really nice tall target to kick at, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I really yeah, yeah. No, I've had yeah. There's a few kicks there, um, especially in the CFL. You have a lot of open-ended stadiums. Um, I know you don't you don't find too too many of those. Um, you know when I when I'm looking when I'm watching on TV it doesn't look like there's too many open-ended stadiums there might be one one open end or something like that but you 
usually we in the CFL, you know, stadiums aren't as big, so you will get maybe one or two open ends. So when we're going towards the other side, it's, it's very open. It almost feels like you're just kicking into the sky kind of thing because there's nothing really to aim at. It's just it's either blue sky or whatever it is behind there. But the cat going towards the condo is different. You know, you can, you know, there's uh, there's the windows you can pick at. You can see different things. That's that's uh, it's a good place to kick down there. One of my questions here, Lewis, uh, just to learn a little bit more about the CFL and just to help out some of our listeners who maybe don't follow it as much, are you aware of any significant kicking rules that are different in the CFL than the NFL or just traditional American football? Yeah, um, so we have, uh, so our goalposts are actually on the goal line, they're not the back of the end zone, and our end zone is 20 yards deep, not 10 yards deep. Um, our field's obviously a little bit longer, so sometimes when people think that, you know, we're at the middle of the field, we're at, uh, you know, some people might wonder, you know, we have a 55-yard line kind of thing. Um, but also, uh, there's one thing, especially for, for field goals, if you, if say you're close enough and you can kick it, say, say you miss, uh, but you, you know, you have enough leg to carry that 20 yards and it goes at the back of the end zone, you can get a point for that. Um, so that would be that would be one rule um, that would be different for sure. I got two more questions, and we'll finish the inter- uh, the interview, Lewis. Uh, the, fir- the first one of my last two is: um, Does Richie do the kickoffs and the punts? Yes, yes, he does. Yeah, he does. Um, cool. Being being from a from a place kicker, we 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 bounce ideas off. You know, he I, I, he's definitely the punter, and I'm the, I'm the place kicker. But you know, I I drop ideas on him for punting and he drops ideas on me for, for field goal stuff and then the kickoffs we kind of we kind of work together on it because you know him being the body size he has he can definitely crush it but mm-hmm. for me that consistency um, I think I have the consistency so I help him a little bit more you know with with uh, keeping that that mental mindset of being consistent but also being able to use his size and his power um, you know to you know, and, and at the end of the day, right, it's all about helping helping each other and helping us win games. For sure. I talk with that. Shoot, I mean, if if someone told me, like, look, just just focus on field goals, um, don't worry about ego here, he's going to take care of kickoffs and punts, you make your kicks, and, and next thing you know, you're making 40 kicks in a row. And I'm obviously that wasn't yeah. said or may have been said. I'm just talking out loud here as just someone in the kicking industry here with you guys is, I'd be like all for that, man. So that obviously it's proven to be super effective because then you can just zone in on your field goals and you're just crushing it. So my last question is, uh, you know, what would you tell, whether it's Canada, America, even Brazil, whatever, what would you tell the young kicker that's at the high school level to focus on um, as he's going over the years just to improve? Um, I, mean, I guess it depends. I would say it depends what kind of age group you're at. I mean, I would always encourage um, kids at any kind of level, high school, older, younger, to continue to play as many sports and as much as you can because I think it builds a uh, an athleticism in no matter what you do, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, playing soccer, basketball, football. I think in some way they will all relate. Um, so, you know, that's what I would say. But uh, my big thing I, for kicking, I would say, you know, just to stay focused and that um, stay focused.
that's my my biggest thing that I like to think about is is good ball contact. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for me, it's 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 finding that good ball contact. It's not about uh, how far it is, um, and then also the, the mental game of it too. You know, if you're having if you're into a wind or anything like that, um, the ball will only go as far as the ball can go. You can't you can't by trying to do something a little different or something like that. You can't make the ball go further magically just because you know so that's that's a big thing that's what i what i think i do a good job of is uh no matter the situation you know if i if you do everything right the ball will do exactly what you want it to um, and the ball will travel how it's going to travel after that if you do everything right then you know how it's gonna how it's gonna turn out yeah that's great you know one of the things we preach is or we just say kicking and punting it's pretty much technique and leg speed it doesn't matter the height you know your athletic ability Although that does play a part in it, just having that proper technique and leg speed is going to really help that ball carry. Um, well, Lewis, this has been very entertaining, and I've really enjoyed this. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit naive to the CFL and knowing everything about it, so I appreciate the input and the insight you've given us. And I'm sure our listeners are going to love hearing everything. And, you know, just to want to reiterate, like what Brian said earlier, um, you guys can reach out to Lewis if you have questions or you just want to have somebody to kind of watch out for and, and cheer for and things like that. And, you know, his his team is in first place in his East Division, so probably making a good playoff run right now. And, and I'll be excited here to follow your, your progress through the season. So thanks a lot for being on the podcast with us. Perfect. Thank you for having me. Yeah, guys, I mean, y'all should look into the CFL. A lot of the free agents know this in America that um, if they can't make it to the NFL, they, they try to make it in the CFL doing all three skill sets. This is a very legitimate league. I mean, very well-structured, lots of great fans, um, very competitive. It's been awesome watching the CFL grow over the last several years. And, and we're talking to a legend legitimately right now, Lewis, in his mid-20s with the field goal record of 40 consecutive field goals. And hope uh, we're going to wish you the best just to keep focusing on what you've been doing and and maybe get it to 50 that'd be awesome uh lewis thanks for being on man and best of luck the rest of the season and, and making a push for that championship thank you thank you all right thanks lewis lewis ward a very humbled young man mid-20s killing it in the cfl chris what'd you think about the interview dude i loved it you know it's you know he's you know, he went through the Canadian system, so I didn't know much about him actually going into the interview. So I enjoyed the research, uh, learning a little bit more about what he did. Uh, obviously, very accomplished. So it's going to be a guy that I will probably follow from here on out. You know, I hope he makes a name for himself with the CFL. But obviously, it'll be sweet to see if he gets any opportunities in the NFL. Yeah, I think I think he's being super humbled and modest, which he you know totally understand and respect that. Um, but I think he could make a case for himself, man. I mean, 40, 40 field goals in a row, you know, and he's only on a half inch. You know, all he'd have to do is just display that he can kick off the ground, which he says, you know, he feel, he would feel comfortable doing that. Uh, so I think he would have a legitimate chance at, at getting into a camp and showing what, you know, his value is. Because, I mean, that's super impressive. The width of the goalposts in the CFL are the same as the NFL. So, uh, you know, he's doing the same thing. Yeah, he's definitely very deserving, and I could almost, I could almost foresee him maybe getting a tryout or two during 
I suppose he'd be considered a rookie for NFL standards, so maybe he gets a rookie camp invite or a tryout or two and then possibly goes back to the CFL for one more year. But regardless, you know, it'd be fun to see how his career goes. And, you know, he's, he's first place in the East Division for the CFL, so it will be fun to follow to see how he does. And obviously if he plays against Tai Long, that would be fun to watch and follow as well since he was a former uh, interviewee on the podcast. For sure. Um, well, guys, uh, one really exciting announcement is we are past the 10,000 view mark. So we really appreciate you guys being with us. I mean, Chris, would you have thought that creating a podcast and hitting 10,000 views and it hasn't even been a year yet? Yeah, that's incredible. Um, you know, actually, November 6th was our very first podcast of last year. And so we're almost to the one year mark. Um, you know, you always have goals and dreams of your podcast getting big and going viral and all that stuff. And, you know, I think, you know, we haven't quite quite gotten viral yet, but our following keeps growing every every week. And, you know, we're, we're thankful for the podcast interviewees that we get and the people that believe in what we're doing. So, and obviously, it's, it's a testament to all you listeners that, that listen to us and stay with us and subscribe. And so thank you all very much for uh, helping us get to 10,000. Thank you, and here's to 10,000 more listens for sure, and uh, just stick with us, guys. We have a lot of people that we're excited about on this podcast, and it's only going to keep getting better and better, and we really appreciate y'all. If you have a moment, uh, just you know, get there on the review and, and give us a five-star and tell us why you like the podcast. We we love seeing your guys' comments, and also if, if you guys uh, want someone specific on the pod that hasn't been on before, Send us a DM at Fourth Down Experience on Twitter and Instagram. Yep. Thanks, guys, again, and um, we'll see you next week. Deuce. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast today. And just a reminder, if you need gear for kicking, punting, or long snapping, Wizard Sports Equipment has you covered. They offer quality products, quality service, and affordable prices. So if you want 5% off your next order, go to www.wizardsports.com. That's wizardsports.com and get 5% off your next order. And remember, enter discount code 4thDown, that's the number 4, T-H-D-O-W-N, to get your 5% off your next order. Thank you for listening to the 4th Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 4thDownExperience.